Welcome to Korean True Crime with me, your host, Mimi Mizuko. In today's episode, you will learn about the stone cold killer, Kang Ho Sun, known by the quote, Once you decide to kill, you have to kill. What was that? It all began in the year 2008 in a city southwest of Seoul. The city was in a time of unease as multiple cases of missing girls had been reported over the last few months. One evening, a female college student is reported missing by her parents. Approximately four hours after she was reported missing, her bank card is used at an ATM by an unknown man. The CCTV catches the man's picture perfectly in the footage. In what the police thought was a robbery case, turns out to be one of the most terrifying serial murder cases in all of Korean history. The man arrested was Gong Ho-sun, who, in custody, demands further proof that he is connected to the missing girl, even after being shown the footage of him using the missing girl's bank card. So let's learn a little bit more about our man in custody. Gong Ho-sun was born in 1969 in a rural part of South Korea. He had an absolutely average, normal childhood. His family members have nothing remarkable to say about him, but they did say that his father was an alcoholic who occasionally was domestically violent towards his mother. The normality of his childhood shocked Koreans as they learned about the serial murders that he perpetrated later in life, because it truly meant anyone could be a monster. In adulthood, however, he was a man who could never be alone. He was married four times between 1992 and 2004 and often cheated on his wives with multiple other women. One of his closest friends said at one time he was seeing 13 different women while cheating on his wife. He had had two children with his first wife and a third child with his second wife and no children with the third or fourth. Psychologists that met Kang Ho-sun would say that his lack of remorse, his inability to create emotional bonds, and his lack of interpersonal relationships were qualifiers for antisocial personality disorder, also known as psychopathy. In October 2005, Gong Ho-sun was living with his fourth wife and mother-in-law in their family house. Now, he had taken an incredibly large insurance policy out on this house. He had planned to set the house on fire secretly one day when his wife and mother-in-law were away way with relatives. However, unbeknownst to him, his wife and mother-in-law never left that day. They changed their plans and stayed in. So when he set the house on fire, they were trapped inside. His wife and mother-in-law died in the fire, unable to escape. But he didn't cry any real tears after this incident, or so his friends said. He would receive over 400 million won from the insurance policy on the house after the police couldn't find 
any intentional arson evidence. Gong, however, reports that he suffered extreme anxiety and insomnia from guilt after the death of his fourth wife, that he roamed the streets every night drinking until he blacked out in a gutter. His friends may say that they saw a carefree womanizer after the death of his fourth wife, spending the 400 million won that he got from the insurance policy like it was nothing. But his psychiatrist at the time corroborates his story that the guilt and remorse he felt were real and that he was suffering behind the curtains. Criminal psychologist Lee Soo-jung interviewed him and stated that he believes Gong had no intention of killing the women, and the moment of their deaths created trauma for Gong that intensified his psychopathy. While wandering the streets drunk and incapable of sleep, this is where the monster inside Gong was born, as he would assault his first victim. It is unknown how many women Gong sexually assaulted, but to those who knew him, they never would have suspected he was capable of such a thing. Gong was known as a nice guy. He would approach lonely women at bars or nightclubs and show them pictures of his dogs. A similar tactic to the American serial killer Gary Ridgway, who would show his victims pictures of his son. They're also similar in the fact that they're lust serial killers, but we'll talk more about that later. His good looks and charming personality with the nice guy routine led to him being compared to the American serial killer Ted Bundy. However, unlike Bundy, Kong played the helpful friend that women could trust as he invited them into his car to give them a ride home on a cold winter's night. Kong had everything planned down to a T once he decided to kill. He wore dark clothes, a baseball cap so CCTV couldn't identify him, and he modified his own car. Kong had modified the passenger seat in a Sweeney Todd-style fashion, leaning fully back so that he could pull the victims to the back seat of the car that he had gutted, removing the seats and placing a bed. While Ted Bundy drove a VW Bug, Kong drove a luxury sedan. He made sure that when women saw his car, they thought he was rich, and he believed that rich meant trustworthy. Criminal profilers will note that while Kong states that women willingly and consensually got into his car because he looked rich and trustworthy, there's no actual proof that he didn't abduct the women violently. Once women got into his car, he would immediately act. He would subdue them and force them into the backseat of his car, where he would sexually assault them. Then, he would strangle them to death with leggings or stockings. The attack itself would last 15 20 minutes maximum, but he would then spend the rest of the night finding a location to bury them. At the burial site, he would cut their fingernails, remove any clothing of theirs that had his DNA on it. He was meticulous about removing anything that could get him caught. He then always buried them in a field somewhere far out from the city. Gong Ho Soon certainly had a type when it came to choosing his victims. All of the women he attacked were under 100 160 centimeters tall or 5 foot 3 inches and they all weighed under 50 kilograms or 110 pounds which was also the same criteria of all four of his wives. One of his ex-wives friends spoke in an interview about Gong Ho Soon and said that when his wife gained even one kilogram of weight he would force her to go on an extreme diet claiming she was unattractive to him. It is unknown to the public whether or 
or not he stalked his victims before picking them or if he just drove around nightly looking for women who fit his criteria. He would first kill on September 7th, 2006. His victim, Miss Yoon, was a 23-year-old county office employee who was walking home from work where she was abducted and murdered. Three months later, on December 14th, 2006, Kong visits a norebang, a karaoke-style private room bar, and he flirts with one of the employees, Miss Pe, a 45-year-old woman who consensually or not follows him to his car. He murdered Miss Pe that night and buried her far away from the abduction location in a field. Ten days later, on December 24th, 2006, Kong visits another norebang and meets his third victim, Miss Park, a 37-year-old woman. He brings her to his car and murders her in the same fashion as his first and second victim and buries her in a field. No real connection has been made yet between the three women and none of the bodies have been found. A week later, on January 3rd, 2007, Gang meets his fourth victim, a 52-year-old woman, Miss Park, walking home alone at night from her office job. He murders her and buries her in an empty field far away from the abduction location. Three days later, on January 6th, 2007, he abducts and kills Miss Kim, a 37-year-old employee at a norebang, and he doesn't wait long before he strikes again. The very next day, he abducts and kills Miss Yun, a 21-year-old university student. He murdered four victims within the span of 25 days. Then, Kang enters his cooling-off period, which is a time between killings where killers can return to their normal life and pretend like everything is peachy. A cooling off period is a crucial defining factor in defining someone as a serial killer. For some serial killers, the cooling off period is as little as a week, some months, and some years. Gong's cooling off period lasts almost two years when he abducts and kills 48-year-old housewife Miss Kim on November 9th, 2008. Forty days later, he attacks again. A 19-year-old university student, Miss Ahn, is abducted on December 19th. 2008, he murders her and buries her far away from the abduction location. Miss Ahn is Kang's last victim as he was caught using the CCT footage that was collected after he used her bank card at an ATM. While the police were investigating the man in the CCTV footage, his image was leaked to the public, where Kang learned that the police were after him. Kang immediately panicked and set his car on fire, destroying any evidence that could have been found from it. However, on January 25, 2009, Kang is arrested and taken in for questioning about the robbery and missing person case connected to Miss Ahn only. The police knew they didn't have anything to tie him to the other missing person's cases, but they knew deep down that it was connected. After getting warrants to search his property, they found blood belonging to his seventh victim, Miss Kim, in his home. Using this lever the police were able to get a confession out of him for all eight of the victims. Unfortunately, he was only able to remember seven out of the eight women's bodies' locations. Miss Kim, his fourth victim, was never found. Kang was sentenced to death on April 22, 2009, after a short trial. Similar to Ted Bundy, Kang had a following of adoring fans that followed him as he was sent to prison. Some of his fans even opened up a fan site, doting over his appearance and demanding the protection of his human rights while he was 
was in prison. As of 2021, his last update, Kong is still awaiting the death penalty in prison, as there is a moratorium in South Korea. He will live out the rest of his days in prison. In preparation for a drama TV series, Readers of Minds, Kong was written to by the producers in August of 2021, where he wrote back ignoring all of their questions and complained about the horrible treatment he faced in prison. He even mentions in his letter that his cell neighbor is Chotu Bin, which you may remember from my nth room case as one of the leaders of the human trafficking ring. He ends the letter demanding that President Moon address the human rights violations that are happening in the prison, but the warden dismissed all of the claims. Now, there's going to be some spoilers up ahead for the Korean movie, I Saw the Devil. So if you haven't seen this movie, give it a watch and then come back. I Saw the Devil director Kim Doon never said that he used Kang Ho Sun as an inspiration for the film, but I find the similarities uncanny. I Saw the Devil was released in theaters in South Korea in 2010, a year after the ending of the trial with Kang Ho Sun. Prior to his first killing, he sexually assaulted women outside of a dog meat factory that his family owned. I think I forgot to mention that the pictures of him and dogs that he would show women to prove his trustworthiness were him with dogs that would then be killed at this dog meat factory he was associated with. Very similar to the butchery that the killer and I saw the devil would kill his victims. But I understand with this instance, I may be reaching, but just wait, I have a few more. In the film, the lead detective catches the killer burying one of the bodies in a garden in a pile of dirt. Very similar to the fields that Kang Ho Sun would bury his own victims. There's also the way the killer in the movie finds his victims. Women who are waiting for buses or their car broke down on the side of the road in a cold winter's night. While in the film, the detective catches and releases the killer in a twisted reverse cat and mouse chase, real life is much less dramatic. I believe this film was a way for the people to feel revenge on the senseless murders that Kang Ho Sun committed and to pay homage to one of the younger brothers of one of the victims who came forward on live television and said he would pursue a life in law enforcement so that men like Kang Ho Sun would never kill again. Let me know if you also think that this movie seems eerily connected to Kang Ho Sun's case. See you next time on Korean True Crime with me, your host, Mimi Mizuko.